This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. No mai haere mai, kua tai te he puna kōrero, ko Kelly Paikahou. I'm the Communications Coordinator at Go Eco Wakato Environment Centre. We are an advocate for the environment, a centre for learning and a catalyst for change. He puna kōrero shares the mahi of our team who work in biodiversity, transport, kai and enterprise projects, with climate action and honouring tītiriti guiding that. Nō tērā wiki, last week on the podcast, Hannah Huggin, our community organiser for climate action, joined us to talk about the new climate action hub, Te Pū Manua o Te Wāheke. The hub will meet at 5pm on the last Friday of each month at GoEco, updates on GoEco Wakato on social media, or by following a climate action hub on Instagram. You can whakarongo listen to that podcast from freefm.org.nz or from your favourite podcast platform. Search for Hepuna Kōrero. A te wiki, this week I asked our team what climate action they and their whānau do. We'll hear from Anna, Simon, Joe and Sandra before my song choice of How Much Fruit by Troy Kingi. Kia ora, my name is Sandra Jensen and I am an accidental climate activist. The actions I'm taking to combat climate change and its impact are by actually mainly being a non-driver. I attempted many, many years ago uh, to get my driver's license because I thought that was what you did. That was um, a sense of achievement as a human being. Um, as a person is that you went and you learned to drive or you got your driver's license because that's what you do you get a house you get a dog you get a car you learn to drive and then become a highly functioning member of society but despite the fact that even at the age of 30 when I got my learner's license and after failing once before um, and walking home with a huge sense of achievement, um, I actually didn't progress any further than that. I quickly realised that driving to me was completely unnatural. It just felt wrong. I was not confident behind the wheel of a vehicle. I didn't think it was right that I'd be allowed behind the wheel of a vehicle. And I didn't like all that it encompassed. I didn't like the fact that I was reliable for this depreciating asset, this thing that was going to cost a lot of money to buy and then maintain. And to be honest, I didn't feel like it was really that better in order to get around town. We're lucky. I, well, I'm lucky I live in Hamilton. It's relatively flat and we're quite close to everything. So it's a 4k walk to work. If I want a bike, I can take the long route, which takes about 7k's. Um, and I just felt that riding a bike and walking and running was a better choice. It felt more me. And to be honest, at no point have I actually ever felt that I've been disadvantaged by choosing to not be a driver. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I don't drive and 
they've never ever taken an issue with it um, we do have a car in the household we do use it to go do the shopping um, it's kind of it's quite handy for that um, if we do want to go do a road trip out of town yep we will drive the car we'll make a, a mission of it but personally I don't feel that driving to me is it's natural it just feels kind of wrong um, as well as that I tend to live a secondhand vintage lifestyle um, as much as possible I'm not puritanical I do buy brand new things I do have new devices but I tend to wait till they get to the point of no return to before I replace them um, one of the things I love about vintage is that they're generally better made better materials and I, I often wear clothing which is 70 plus years old and it's just as good as the day it was originally made whereas um, my kids will have t-shirts that will stretch and wear and won't last more than a couple of of wears and it's just it's terrible things aren't made to last so um for me i just kind of everything isn't necessarily intentional but it just i'm doing what feels natural and buying a whole lot of stuff driving a big vehicle that just burns fuel fuel um, and a whole lot of other things like that just doesn't feel right to me. Um, walking to work, seeing people driving their cars, one person per car, it's not economical, it's not really that, that better, and often they're not getting to work any quicker than I can on foot. So yeah, my name is Sandra and I'm an accidental climate activist. Kira. My name is Simon Gascoigne and I'm here today to share with you two relatively simple actions I'm taking to combat climate change and its impacts. Agriculture and transport are New Zealand's largest source of greenhouse gas emissions. I decided some time ago that eating less red meat is a significant step in the right direction. Recent studies have indicated that by 2050, Further intensification and improvements in farming practices alone will not be enough to meet projected food demand without having to expand agricultural areas. This goes with all of the hidden costs of more pressure on water resources and biodiversity. Changes in diet and decreasing food waste throughout the food chain are critical in reducing our emissions. There are also health benefits to be gained with a higher proportion of vegetables in the diet. I became interested in why it was that fruits such as blueberries were actually so good for you. Well, it all comes down to the colour, specifically the compounds that make the colours. The yellows, the reds and purples of fruit and vegetables are full of these antioxidants. And as a result, it's good for you to eat a wide variety of colours in your diet. Reducing food waste also has a part to play. One third of food is wasted globally. But it is not only about the food itself, but also the upstream emissions and wasted energy that were all spent for no benefit if the food is thrown out. Food going into landfill also creates emissions. Project Drawdown ranks reducing global food waste at number three in the top 100 things we can do to limit warming to 1.5 degrees. In addition, transport has been receiving lots of attention 
and it seems that every other day we get some news about a new model electric car with much higher range than anything previously seen. New brands, such as Lucid Air in the United States, have suddenly attracted lots of attention with their Tesla beating range and luxury. Here in New Zealand, the option of buying a Nissan Leaf raised my curiosity about battery replacement. I asked Nissan New Zealand about buying a replacement battery for an imported Leaf, and their response was, yes, this is possible, but as it's an import, they have to source the battery directly from Japan, the cost of which was eye-watering and, in their own words, uneconomic about the same cost as buying another second-hand Nissan Leaf. So one is stuck on a treadmill of buying replacement cars, even if the old one is still operational, albeit minus its battery. There have been some local Kiwi efforts to rebuild battery packs, the outcome of which is yet to be seen, but I imagine it will be a growing industry in the future. So, concerned about the battery issue and realising that more electric cars are not really going to solve all of our transport problems, I realised that changing my transport mode is more realistic and also is more aimed at the core root of the problem, i.e. getting people out of cars. So I encourage as many people as possible that jumping on the bus is the best way to go and you are actually doing far more than you realise as you battle the elements with your umbrella and swipe your b-card. And well done to Waikato Regional Council with the latest found round of fare reductions. Making a commitment to travel one day a week on other modes of transport is a great way to start a shift. So I'm starting travelling on Wednesdays by bus. Committing to one day a week gets you into the habit of planning ahead and then once the planning habit is in place it's much easier to take on more days of travelling by bus. So, there are two ways of reducing emissions. Thank you. Kia ora, ko So what does climate action mean for my family? It means, well, in our home we have plant-based meals um, and we've increased those. Uh, so not all of our meals are plant-based, but we have increased the number of both vegetarian and vegan uh, meal options that we have um, over the past two years. Uh, when we go shopping we check packaging and preference especially for food and we try to choose glass over plastic at food shops. Uh, we try to take some containers but mostly we're busy people so we realize our limitations so we inspect the packaging while we're purchasing the products and when we can, we change the products that we uh, use um, because of packaging. We grow all of our own herbs and most of our summer, spring and autumn veggies. We do that um, in small spaces that are convenient for us so that we remember to use them because we have a, a busy life. We're a one-car family. We walk and, and take the bus when carpooling is not an option for us. But in our family, often we're all travelling roughly in the same direction, so we carpool when we can. 
we monitor our energy use and we have regular conversations about how much energy we're using and, um, as far as electricity goes and what the cost of that is and which days uh, the energy use went up so that we are self-auditing all of the time. We do that because we, you know, we like to be comfortable in our home and we believe um, very strongly in being warm in the winter time. But also we acknowledge that there are many other options um, to turning on the heater in the first instance. First and foremost, though, we want everyone in our family to be healthy and comfortable at home. We use technology and online options to save energy and travel costs wherever possible. And we ask questions again about packaging when we're making online purchases. We participate and volunteer in local restoration projects for biodiversity. We're urban trappers, so we're always making sure that we have uh, predator control um, working around our home. And we do that to support biodiversity and eradic eradicate predators like uh, rats and stoats. We donate a portion of our income to small groups and change organisations to support education and the, the advancement of justice for both the environment and Te or Waitangi. We always make sure that, we've, that we apply a lens that Hapu did not cede sovereignty when we're engaging in change projects or when we're commenting locally on the environment. And when we're talking to our own friends and family. And finally, I think the thing that we're really good at and the thing that um, we just constantly do without thinking about now is that we're always looking for ways to make change. Kia ora, everybody. Kia ora koutou, ko Anna Tuku Ingawa. I'm the Learning and Development Lead at GoEco and it's my privilege to share with you just a few of the climate actions that we undertake as a whānau living in Kirikirirua, Hamilton. So some of the choices that I make and we make as a family are somewhat privileged choices, not choices uh, accessible to all people. Uh, but I think it's really important that privileged people use their privilege well. And so I hope that some of these things are doing that. Uh, so we reduce our use of the car. We take bikes for short trips and we have a plug-in hybrid and a Prius as well. So two cars that rely less on uh, oil and more on a renewable energy source of electricity. Uh, we have changed over all of our heating in our home to electric and we've installed some solar panels and that's through Solar City, which I really appreciate because rather than having to have an outlay of capital expense for those solar panels, um, it's a more of a rental arrangement, an ongoing rental arrangement with Solar City. They own the solar panels and we have them on our roof and we're able to contribute to that energy generation, which I think is cool. Um, we have converted our chlorinated pool to a natural pool and uh, so now our pool actually grows some local food. It grows some watercress and mint which we're able to enjoy and yeah just doesn't have that same um, carbon footprint that it would have had before when all of those nasty chemicals were going in. 
and we do reduce our consumption of red meat and cheese because we think that's or not just cheese dairy um, because we think that's a really important way of also reducing our carbon emissions moving towards more of that uh, vegetarian or vegan diet uh, we do buy our local veggies through earth stewards which is a, a urban farm on the outskirts of hamilton uh, I do try and grow some of our own veggies, but we have this wonderful relationship with our birds who really appreciate our pool as well and also like our veggies. So I try and cover them up with some netting and we have this wonderful dance together. And we have some fruit trees as well, which grows a fair bit of fruit for us at different times of year, which is pretty cool. Um, so those are just some of the things we do. And I also just want to uh, talk a little bit about um, some cordial from Tina Nutter, who, who shared this with us just a few weeks ago now, around the importance of relationship and how climate change is really, a, I guess, an outworking of broken relationship. And that it's really important that if we're committed to uh, reducing climate change, that we attend to good relationships, that we know who we are, that we understand our uh, ancestry, our whakapapa, we understand our relationships with our environment and also that we we work on decolonizing ourselves. So a Western way of being human has a lot to do with the climate impacts that we are seeing today. So the more that we can reduce this way of being in, in the world and move towards more of a, I guess, a caring way of being, um, a way of being that lifts up um, ourselves as part of the environment, uh, which is more of a Māori way of being human, I guess the better off we will be. So it's really important to work on that decolonising aspect of ourselves and to work on uh, restoring what is broken relationships. So those are some of the things and uh, thank you for listening. Nā mihi kia koutou. But now we won't It's the mirror 
Trying to colonize my soul, pick my boots from the highest street. I like the doobie and channel my newbie and don't even know the knowledge I hold or even the type of school we in. I'm an ancient Polynesian for a reason. Unaware of the temperature, better check the season. Yeah. Why they wanna come with that now, Masati? Nothing in your fruit bowl, G. This peach is yours for free. Nothing in your fruit bowl, G. This peach is yours for free. Kia ora, welcome back to Hepuna Kōrero, a show hosted by Go Eco Wakato, where we share our work, inspiration and actions for social and climate justice. How much fruit is from Troy Kingi's album Holy, Holy Colony Burning Acres, a personal favourite? It's a record that focuses on major issues facing Indigenous peoples all around the world. How much fruit talks about how much we can take from the land without giving back, and the inability to move forward without first addressing the injustices to Māori. Before that, some of our team joined us to share what they and their families do for climate action. We heard Sandra talk about being an accidental climate activist and choosing not to drive and being a second-hand household. Anna shared that privilege gives her far no choices like vehicles and energy sources that don't rely on fossil fuels. How a change in diet to include locally sourced produce from earth stewards and the importance of decolonizing ourselves. Simon reminded us that agriculture and transport are our biggest carbon emitters and that a change in diet, reducing waste and changing transport mode away from private vehicles is his choice. 
I like that he mentions having a car-free day, which is something we discussed a few weeks ago. Joe is ticking lots of boxes too, from plant-based meals, growing lots of her own herbs and veggies, uh, being a one-car family, monitoring energy use, and donating to change-making organisations in the movement towards social and climate justice. Kapaihuama, some awesome actions which I hope inspire you or show you that you're on the right path. My climate action superpower would be buying secondhand. It's how I found myself in the climate action space. My family also significantly reduced our meat intake, reduced our household from two cars to one. In fact, we use bikes as often as we can to get to and from work. But, you know, I do use a car sometimes, but I'm a firm believer in not needing it to be all or nothing. Sometimes it's good enough just to be heading in the right direction. While we've shared our individual actions and GoEco help people make some awesome choices like that with education and inspiration, the source of the climate crisis is systemic, and that's what he will continue to focus on. Individuals aren't the problem. The systems we live in are. So what's your climate action superpower? Kite fokorongo mai kweki he puna korero, a show hosted by Go Eco Waikato. Go Eco Waikato Environment Centre are a not-for-profit environment hub with biodiversity, kai, transport and enterprise projects. You can find out more about our work on social media, Go Eco Waikato, by heading to our website, goeco.org.nz, or better yet, pop in 188 Commerce Street, Frankton, Kirikiriroa, Hamilton. If you'd like to hire the space, you can contact Sandra in our shop. Join us again next week for a new episode, but make sure you follow or subscribe to Hepuna Korero on your favourite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Kia pai tora e mā. Use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.